Okay, there you have it. Once more, you are worth it all. Hey, welcome. Good evening to tonight's broadcast, live broadcast of The Road to Recovery. Dun, 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 dun. Starring me, Dan Chuba. Actually, it's not starring me. It's starring, I don't know what it's starring. It's just, uh, I'm the host. I'm the guy who talks the most. And you're welcome to join me if you'd like, because this is a live broadcast. And I'm bringing it to you live from my real estate offices of Daniel and Associates Real Estate. So, unless you're within like a 10 or 20 mile radius of this show, disregard, don't think you're going to run out and buy a house from me, okay? But the reason why I bring that up is because, just because I'm a drunk, a, a drunk in recovery, or alcoholic in recovery, okay, that's what I am, an alcoholic in recovery, living the dream, working each day, one day at a time, and I have been sober today, as of today, let's see, 24 years, 5 months, and 16 days of continuous sobriety, hip hip hooray, hooray for me, right? Hooray for me. Who's counting? I'm counting. I count every single day. I don't know if we're going to make tomorrow. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not even going to project that I'll make tomorrow. But I will say this. I have a good chance at being alive and well tomorrow because I'm not drinking today. And if the good Lord will let me live tomorrow, then that will be even a better thing. Okay, so there we go. This is what I'm looking at. I'm looking for stuff. I'm doing stuff. You know what? I hate paperwork. I don't know about you. I am in a business with paperwork, and I'm, a, I'm more of a mouthpiece, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I'm a yapper. I like to talk. I don't have a problem talking. And, you know, that's so funny because growing up, we weren't allowed to talk, okay? We were – I was one of 13 kids. Thirteen kids. I was one of thirteen kids, number six to be exact. And of that thirteen kids, I was there was five older and seven younger. Okay. Where is this at? Good God, I can't even get this right. I'm looking at notes. Okay. I'm I'm at my real estate office and I'm finishing up a long, busy day of real estate. Yep. Unbelievable. It just rolls along. But you know what? I own an office. There's about a dozen people. No, actually, I got about 13, 14 people that work for me. And, yeah, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink any less. No, but I don't drink any alcohol anymore. Not since August 30th of 1995. That was my last Actually, I think August 29th was my last day, and August 30th was the first day of my sober life. Oh, my gosh. Did I think I was going to make it? No, my God. No way. Never thought I'd make it. But here I am, 24 years, 5 months, and 16 days later, and I'm still alive above ground, and I'm sober, and that's a great thing. Hip, hip, hooray. Hey, by the way, everybody, this is a live broadcast. You can call in. You can say, Dan... Stop talking. Dan, you talk too much. Dan, talk about this. Talk about that. Here's an idea. Here, can I offer a suggestion? Maybe you have an idea or a question about anything having to do with addictions. Okay? I am not 
an addictions counselor. I'm not a doctor or a therapist or anything like that. No way, Jose. But what I am is someone that works a program actively in recovery, and I've been doing it for 24 years, five months, and 16 days. I have a pretty good insight of what's happening. And I can give you some reasonably good direction. And if you need the services of a professional, I will suggest that you go get some help from a professional because, you know, they, they have their place. Okay, and if you want some help here, call in tonight, area code 323-580-5755. And as it says, I welcome all callers. Now, tonight's topic is about choices. Are you making good decisions? How does this affect your sobriety? Well, first we have to clarify one thing, okay? There are two things. Number one, there is being sober. And then there is sobriety. Do you understand the difference between the two, at least according to the world of Dan? Okay. According to the world of Dan. Okay, according to my world, sober is not drinking, drugging, or indulging in those addictive habits at this moment. Okay? If you're sober, congratulate yourself. That's the only thing that I or anyone working a program recovery need to do perfectly on a perfect basis is not to drink drug or whatever just to stay sober however for some of us that's not good enough and the quality of life that we live sober is called sobriety and that to me is equally important if not more so because i want a good life it's not enough to stop the drugging and the and the alcohol and all that stuff then what do you do? You, you got to change, make some changes in your life, and, and that's not always the easiest thing to do, okay? And so that's we're going to talk some about that. We'll talk about that tonight. Okay, we're working the four twelve steps. Alcoholics Anonymous, has it helped? Has it helped you? I know it's helped me a lot, okay, a lot. You know, last night we had a uh, Lions Club holiday party put together by three of the members, and there was 30, oh, I forgot, 30-something people in attendance, which was great. We inducted four new members to our club. That's great. And I got to tell you something, hip, hip, hooray. And I was, uh, you know, I'm the president for the last two years of the West Chicago Lions Club. And what does that mean? I, I volunteer a lot. I take a lot of the extra energy that I have and I used to use to drink and drug and do goofy stuff in the past and today. I try to do helpful things to help people out. I feel a lot better about myself because of it. And it sure helps staying sober and is a big part of it. Okay? Because if I wasn't sober, I don't know that I could do all the stuff that I do. Okay? So, Today is February 16th, and by the way, happy belated Valentine's Day to all you Valentine's people out there. Actually, anybody out there, male or female, happy Valentine's Day to you. If you don't have a Valentine, I'm your Valentine, whether you're male or female, okay? Now, if you're a male, okay, in my life, it's just, you know, mad love. It's not like romantic love, okay? But if you're a woman, uh, okay, well, it's just... Man loves you, too, because I'm married, so it can't be romantic love either. But if I wasn't married, well, I am married, and that's, I, 
I'm married to the lovely Mrs. Martha, and she is incredible, and I'm very blessed to have her. We all had a we had a fun time. Friday night we went to a what was it? A Patsy Klein impersonator. I told everybody it was a Shania Twain. Okay, a little difference between Patsy Klein and Shania Twain, but okay. It was, uh, we were, I felt like we were the youngest people in the group. There were so many older people. But we did have a fun time. The, good, the singer was good. We enjoyed ourselves. Food was, you know, food was the food. It was buffet food. It was chicken and beef and scalloped potatoes and, uh, you know, a lot of goodies. And, uh, yeah, good time. And then followed up with last night, the holiday party at, uh, Golf Course Country Club, Golf Course Country Club, whatever. It costs about $27.50 per person. And, uh, yeah, it was a nice time. We had a great time. I got an award. I got an award. We were giving out awards to other people to recognize them for their efforts. And several of the members got together and decided that I was deserving of an award for, you know, being the president for the last couple of years, Okay. It's it's tough sometimes. Sometimes volunteering could be an addiction in itself because I still have responsibilities to keep, and sometimes when you volunteer the heck out of yourself, you don't have time to get everything done. But, you know, I'll tell you what. I'd like to think that I was a a pretty pretty good leader. I hope I was a pretty good leader. And I started telling people in the audience, what a great job that I did developing leadership. And there was comments all of a sudden, you know, all the people, oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, like like I was blowing my own horn. And I said, wait, 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 got to hear the rest of it. I said, I did such a good job developing leadership that when I'm finished, there's so many people that know that they can do a better job than me, and they're all stepping up to take over the leadership role. And it's true, but that's okay. I guess that's a wonderful thing, you know, inspiring people to do a better job. That's what I do best. Good. Okay. So if any of you here think that you can do a better job on this here, call in. We'd love to hear from you. Area code 323-580-5755. We're going to be on the air, I think, till 9 o'clock tonight. I'm tired. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but I, I've got some energy, so we'll see how we do here. I got plenty of stuff to do. I am a busy guy, man. I'll tell you what, we're kind of in the busy time of year, getting into the busy time of year for real estate. And it's been a, a real challenging couple of weeks because the expectations of people, clients in my real estate realm have been unrealistic. I'm un and I don't know, it it's gotta be me that's that's creating this or allowing it to be created. I'm not a pushy guy. Amazing, isn't it? I, is that can you can you believe that that me of all people I am not a pushy guy. Not a pushy guy. No way. And yet, I I think I like to think I do a pretty good job helping a lot of people out. But when people have never had the opportunity to bark and scream. It almost seems like the person that is helping them out the most is the one that ends up getting bit the most. And that's just not right. You know, it just isn't right. 
And so I had to put some distance between some of these people because I got to tell you something. Their expectations were really unfair, unfair and unreal. And I had to let them go. I just said, hey, I can't do this, and I'm not even going to try to do it anymore. And good luck to you people, and good luck. And, you know, you know, they say don't do business with friends. Well, that's not necessarily true. I believe that you can do business with friends. You just have to do it properly. I mean, there's a proper way of doing it. And, again, um, but people shouldn't take advantage of your good nature when you're being nice to them. And, again, in real estate today, people want too much money. They want it at the best, cheapest price, which I don't have a problem with any of it. It's just that if it doesn't happen, don't flip out. Don't expect these things, right? You know, we're talking about choices. i got to tell you something, because when I first, well, you know what, speaking of choices, I told you that I want to start out our broadcast with reading from the 24-hour day book. Now, I told you I also gave away my 24-hour day book to somebody not too long ago, and so I picked up another one, but it's an Al-Anon, one day at a time book. Okay, but that's still, we're going to read it anyway, because it still is a book that gives us some insight. You know, maybe a little mental, spiritual calm in our lives, okay? So for February 16, 2020, here is the reading out of the One a Day, one day at a Time in Al-Anon book, okay? Alcoholism is a disease. We hear this statement over and over again. It's so hard for most of us to accept because we cannot associate it with germs or viruses or, oh, as in other respectable diseases. Nevertheless, we will see substantial progress in ourselves once we realize that it is a physical, mental, and spiritual illness that has no single isolated cause. I cannot stop it any more than I can make a sick person get well. Compulsive drinking is an outward manifestation of the alcoholic's inner anguish. If it goes on, it becomes a destructive cycle of deterioration to make myself ready to help. I must, first of all, accept alcoholism as an illness. Today's reminder, how does the knowledge that the alcoholic is sick work on me? It changes my attitude towards him. And that's a question mark. No, it's an exclamation mark. It changed my attitude towards him. It replaces my rage and frustration with quiet patience unless it it lets it lets me choose the right moment to suggest AA when he or she is truly in despair and willing to acknowledge his need for help. I pray for the realization that the alcoholic is sick and desperate and I ask that I be given the strength to help him in the right and constructive way. You know, that's what somebody in Al-Anon does. They want to pray that they learn how to direct somebody to AA. You cannot fix someone that has an addiction. You can't fix them. You can stop them from the physical addiction by keeping them away from whatever the drug or alcohol or whatever. You can keep that. 30 days, and you could break the physical addiction of almost any physical um, addiction. That's what I'm told. Okay, I'm repeating what I'm telling you. 
However, it's not the physical addiction that needs to be addressed thereafter. It is the mental obsession that needs to be addressed. And that can be a problem, boys and girls, okay, because the mental obsession is the one that keeps us thinking that we can go back drinking. Now, I called somebody. Somebody asked me to call their father-in-law. And I called him up and talked with him last week and asked, you know, we got to conversation and I told him who I was. I says, I'm Dan and I'm an alcoholic in recovery and I understand that you might want some help or need some help. Okay, and and he said, no, I don't think so. And we talked and, well, actually the first time he thought he did need some help. He said, well, that sounds nice and maybe maybe I could benefit from it. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about going to a meeting. And I said, but I couldn't do it that day. And I said, maybe the next day. I said, I'll call you. I will call you the next day. He said, that's fine. So we hung up, and he sounded sober. Okay, so that's good. So I called him the next day like I said I would. Okay, and what happened? I called him up. And he said to me that he thought he should, he sounded very sober, and he said he didn't think he really needed help and that he needed to get physically healthy first before he wanted to start working on his drinking problem because he likes drinking. And that's, you know, truth be known, that's what alcoholics do. They like to drink. So they just have a hard time giving it up because it don't necessarily, they just don't necessarily think that it's the problem. I I will be the first one to tell you. I did not want to admit, okay, that I had a drinking problem. I didn't because then what? Then I had to do things about it to change my life. And I certainly didn't want to change my life or anything that I was doing in my life because why? Well, because it was comfortable. It, it It's what I was used to. Um, there were a lot of problems that I had. I'm not going to tell you I didn't. I did have a lot of problems. Okay, but it's still the thought of taking alcohol away from me at that time was very, very scary. Okay? And I didn't, I just didn't, I could not see this happening. Honestly, I just could not see myself doing it. So when I finally did it, oh, my God, was I going crazy. I did. I went nuts. I just kept going, oh, my gosh. You know, I kept thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and what we need to do, and, and, you know, how can I – I couldn't live life without alcohol. It was just too much. It was too painstakingly scary and and all this other stuff. I'll tell you what. it It was a wild thing. But guess what? I took it one day at a time, one step at a time, and I kept showing up for meetings. How about that? Meetings. Go to meetings. Go to meetings. When in doubt, go to a meeting. And I went to meetings, and they kept telling me in the club to hang in there because it gets better. I learned a lot of great, clever phrases in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Let go and let God. And I'll tell you what, I didn't get that one right away. It took me a couple of years to actually get that. You know, there's 12 steps. And the first step is admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Well, for anyone listening out there, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be caught up with alcohol. You could be anything. Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it is. Admit it, I was powerless over volunteering about everything. And my life had become unmanageable because I, I still have got to do my job. I have responsibilities that I need to keep. And, 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 and volunteering may be noble, but it, you know, and there's people going to say, hey, you're noble. But then on the other hand, am I not, what am I doing with the other responsibilities, shirking them? Can I meet my obligations financially or, or, or emotionally? You know, you've got to look at all this stuff. I used to be addicted to chaos. What was that? Chaos. You almost welcome nuttiness into our lives. And, but the truth be known, I didn't love uh, nuttiness in my mind. I really didn't. Didn't love it. Didn't want it. It was not anything that I wanted in my life. But yet, it was the weirdest thing because I seemed to just welcome that and bring it in. And I guess that's what I got used to growing up. I was pretty used to that. You know, I went from the frying pan into the fire. Okay, I met my first wife. You know, let me tell you a little bit of history which qualifies me to do this program. So so some of you can understand. Not only been sober, okay, not only have I been sober 24 years, 5 months, and 16 days. Okay, but I was married... And divorced three different times. Okay? I got married the fourth time sober after 24 years. Okay? Before I sobered up, I had two DUIs, two driving under the influence. Now, I probably should have had a whole bunch more. Got away with a whole bunch. Got to tell you, you know, it was amazing. Okay? But on the other hand, on one hand, you know, officers let me go, and I'm grateful in, in ways to them for that. And on the other hand, it was probably a very bad thing to do because it didn't wake me up to the fact that I had a problem. Of course not. I didn't want to admit that I had a problem. Who wants to admit they have a problem and you can't drink? Not me. I'll tell you what. I certainly did not want to be that that guy and admit anything to anybody about what my challenges were. I wanted to be as perfect as perfect can be, and I just wanted what I wanted. I just, you know, that's it, pretty much it. I just wanted everybody to like me, to love me, and that's what, you know, it was. uh, But yet, when I got to DUIs, you know, it was amazing because there are some people who had never, who had never seen me drink. And they weren't, they couldn't believe and comprehend that I could possibly have any type of an adverse personality, background, whatever, because they never saw me drinking. They never saw me drunk. And it's amazing how we, as alcoholics, okay, how we are somewhat capable of keeping other people from realizing the challenges that we have. Now, that doesn't mean we got all the people beat, all the people figured out, because that's not true. There are a bunch of people that knew what the heck was going on in my life, and they stayed away from me. And they just said to me, hey, Dan, you got some serious problems going on. Good luck to you, buddy. 
and that was it. They were just gone. They just they're not going to be around. They're not going to hang around with somebody that is so con- just out of control. And that's what it was. I was out of control, and not proud of it. Not anything. I'm just telling you that's the facts, Jack. And you know, um, so long story short, I'm just grateful that I was able to find recovery. How I found it, you know, I, I I say to this all the time. I always will be grateful to my ex-wife, Patty. Patty, 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 Patty. You, if it wasn't for you coming into my life, Patty, and helping me turn it totally upside down, okay, I thought it was bad. I didn't realize it could get worse. You know, you never know what your bottom is until you actually hit your bottom. And i got to tell you something. I thought I had hit my bottom and I was bouncing back because I had lost my driver's license for two, two almost two years. I had to have somebody drive me around, which ultimately cost, with penalties, late fees, all this other stuff, lost business, I figured at least $176,000 in business and fines and bullshit paying this guy to drive me. And I'm grateful that he was available. But I'm going to tell you something. It was not fun at all. It wasn't fun. And I thought, nah, it can't get any worse. It's on its rebound. I'm on my way back. I'm on my way back. I was on my way to get my driver's license back. I didn't drive. I did all the stuff that they told me to do. and you know. But I hadn't. I wasn't sober because I didn't think I had a problem. I just got caught at wrong time with the wrong stuff, period. I mean, that's how... I saw it. It was that simple. It wasn't me. It was everything and everybody else, you know. And isn't that amazing? Man, I look back now, and how I was able to pull that off is just unbelievable. And yet I did it because that's what alcoholics are capable of doing. We're incapable of doing some incredible things, okay? And I didn't say that they were wonderful, incredible. They were just incredible. And with that in mind, you know, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was just lucky, I guess lucky. I, lucky is the best way to describe what I was because I uh, somehow didn't kill anybody driving, which is a big thing. Great, hip hip hooray! You don't want to kill nobody. That's definitely a no no. And I got to tell you something though, you know. I was getting my driver's license back, and here I am, still drinking, still drinking. You know what? And it, it, didn't, it didn't dawn on me that maybe I should quit drinking. Maybe I really did have a drinking problem and that I needed to stop drinking. It didn't dawn on me. Okay, and then what? And then I met my wife. I met her at very nonchalantly, casually. We were doing a real estate function. And I met her, and we both kind of saw each other and said, holy cow, interesting person. I didn't say love at first sight or anything, but I liked her, and it was clear she liked me. And so I sent her flowers, sent her flowers to her place of work. Now, I'm not going to tell you I haven't done that before, but I hadn't done it in a while before, And so here I am, 
you know, sending flowers to this person that I really just met, and it was pretty interesting. And she called up and thanked me and said thanks for the flowers and, you know, didn't say a word about the fact that she was married. Isn't that funny? You know, she didn't say a word that she was married, okay? So we got together. I said, well, how about if we get together and just, you know, and talk and see if we've got anything worth, you know, getting together about. And she was like, okay. She was very much up for it. And so we went to a, 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 a restaurant that served alcohol, and, you know, yeah, we drank and had a good time. And, you know, she excused herself once or twice because she had to take do some phone calls. And then, then she comes out and says, clar- clarify something for me. And she says, well, I, I have to admit something. And I said, what's that? She said, well, actually, I am married. And I was like, you're married? And she goes, yes. And she goes, but I'm going through a divorce. And, you know, that's all I heard. That's all I needed to hear was that she was going through a divorce. I said, well, what's the big deal? You know, not a problem. If she's going through a divorce, then that's good, right? And, boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you, that that problem went from bad to worse because she wasn't. She was married, but she wasn't going through a divorce. It turned out that she wasn't going through a divorce. She was, at that point, couple weeks earlier, happily married. She had been sober for five years, five years. And then right before she met me, a couple weeks before she met me, she went back out and started drinking. And I'm going to tell you something. She was one of those people that wasn't a good drinker. We had a lot of fun, or at least what we thought was fun. And it was premised on what? Lies and, and misrepresentations. Not so much on my part because, you know, I was transparent. I just didn't really have a driver's license yet. And I got in trouble because of drinking. So, you know, not a good thing. But it didn't really matter, okay? We just enjoyed each other's company. And, and, you know, I figured, well, she's going through divorce and, you know, made, you know, that's it. She's going through divorce. That's just what happens. You know, it's... Not the end of the world in my book, okay, because I had been divorced a couple times already, two times to be exact at that point. And I said, well, you know, everybody's entitled to a few mistakes. And I figured, who am I to, to, you know, question or or concern about somebody drinking, you know, or whatever, whatever, going through a divorce. So we... uh, we actually found comfort and and fun in each other's company. And somehow she was able to successfully keep her current husband happy, satisfied, and unknowing that we were spending time together. And I don't know how that worked out and how that happened, but, you know, I, who cares? I wasn't even thinking about it. I just figured she's getting divorced like she said. It turns out she was happy, and he had no clue. And at some point, I guess her belief or her figure was that she was going to dump me and just get out with her life without me. And I'm, I was just blindsided when she finally let me in on the secret. And it was like totally blew my mind. I mean, here I was, I was so drawn to this person, to an obsession 
to an obsessive degree, okay, that I, 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 you know, they say alcoholics don't have relationships. They say that we hold people hostage. Isn't that amazing? We hold people hostage. How? Emotionally? We manipulate them? Yeah. We convince them that what we're doing is right and they should listen to us. And we can be quite commanding. I will tell you that. I've seen it again this week. A couple people I know. Very commanding. Taking charge of people that let them. But see, that's what we're talking about. Choices now. You know, you can't be a victim. I wasn't. A, I always said, oh, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. But you know what? It is my fault. Everything that happened to me, for the most part, was my fault. And I let it happen. And why did I let it happen? Okay? Just simply because I found comfort in being a victim. It was so easy to be a victim. Okay? And it is. It's tremendously easy to be a victim. Blame everybody and anything about it. Well, it's not my fault. I couldn't help it. It happened. You know? And the reality is that I should have accepted responsibility. And it wasn't until I got into the program of recovery that I started to learn that I was responsible for the choices that I was making. And it wasn't until I accepted the responsibility that I started to really, truly grow. It's amazing. It really was. It's truly amazing, this program, and how simple it is. The program of recovery is so simple, yet complicated people like ourselves make it even more complicated unnecessarily. So we do it and we live our lives one day, one step at a time, right? One day, one step at a time, and it works, and we're grateful, and we're happy that we have what we have, and that's, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. It is a wonderful thing, making better choices, living life better. And when I... You know, so when I work with people today and they tell me that they they have to do this and have to do that, I brought this topic up a few times, okay? And what, what I'm trying to say is I brought it up a few times was uh, the uh, – if who was I talking about? There was uh, – well – Tell you what, my brain just went blank. Was God telling me not to say something? Oh well. Hey guys, area code three two three five eight zero five seven five five. I haven't heard from Steve-O, so I don't know if Steve was able to get the. Uh, you know, give me a call. We could talk about our kind of the old fashion. What's there to talk about? I am broadcasting. Okay, we're going to have to do a song here, boys and girls, because I've got to do a business transaction here. So uh, we're going to listen to Marilyn Scott, I believe, okay? I'm going to put some Marilyn Scott on. We're going to listen to her. She can't get into the DocuSign account. I sent it to her. Okay. Wait. Okay. Uh, All right, we're going to take a moment out here in our break, and we will be back. Where is it at? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Okay. 
are, hey, that's the problem when you're doing a radio broadcast, Internet broadcast, and you have a responsibility to do work, and that's me. I have a response. Why is this showing this up? Because this shouldn't be here. Oh, yes, is it? Yeah, maybe it is. Let's see. What is that? Open up. Says me. Okay. Yes, okay. That's fine. Uh, let's get back to here. Let's find some Marilyn Scott. We are going to go with her. And listen to Marilyn Scott for, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, okay? And then I'll be back and we'll talk some more, okay? Here on Blog Talk Radio, part of the Link Local Network of Broadcasting, we're broadcasting live here February 16th of 2020. Sit back, enjoy Marilyn Scott, because she's going to sing to you, if today was the last of all days, what would you do? Okay? If you had the last of all days. And we'll be back with more in a moment. If today was the last of all days, would it change how you feel who you are? Would you rise for a moment above all your Would you like what you see looking down? Did you give everything that you could? Have you done everything that you wanted to do? Is there still so much more that you Today were the last of all days. 
Okay, I'm back. How about that surprise, 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 surprise? Normally you think I get on the, the Marilyn Scott routine and I, uh, I can't uh, get off it. But you know what? No problem. Oh, that's good. 3.30 tomorrow, yes. Go for it. Go for it. Do it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Welcome back to The Road to Recovery. I'm your host, Dan Chuba, coming to you live from... The real estate offices of my own, my own real estate offices, right? And, uh, you know, I'm making better choices in my life. Tonight is choices, but it's always choices. Choices is such a crucial thing in my life, in everybody's life. You know, it uh, it brings back one of the memories that it, it reminds me of most. Um, oh, we're talking about choices. When I learned about choices, it was an amazing thing. And I had to accept responsibility for all the things that happened to me in my life, you know. And it wasn't always a fun thing to do is accept responsibility. Who wants to accept responsibility for things in life? Not me. I'm not one of them. But yet I did, and I do, simply because today I'm doing things differently and much better and wiser and all those other good things. And uh, you can too. It's just one day, one step at a time. You know, one day at a time. If I tried to, to, to imagine myself doing everything all the time, if I would have thought that I was going to even be this sober this long, I, I would over. it would have overwhelmed me. The thought would have been just like, how possibly could I have done that? But I couldn't. <laughs> Live show. <laughs> Okay, live show, live broadcast. All right, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. But you know what? I learned about choices. And the one that reminds me the most, i got to tell you, the one thing that reminds me the most about choices was I was talking to a guy who was sponsoring at the time. His name was Scott. Okay, I'm going to tell you his name was Scott. So you have an actual name associated with what I was doing. Scott. Scott, Scott. Okay, and... The thing about Scott was, okay, oh yeah, you got it, you got it, woman. I think now you're you're figured out how to do what you got to do, and you're in. That's good. Twenty four sixty one. That's good. And okay, Scott, Scott, my guy. That's gonna be amazing now that I think about it. <laughs> People, well, whatever. Scott, one day, okay, um, 
I was talking to him, and he goes, Dan, I gotta, I have to get off the phone because I have to drive my stepdaughter to her dance recital, dance practice or something. And I went, stop. No, you don't. And he goes, what do you mean? Yes, I do. I go, no, you don't. You don't have to drive her. He goes, I do. I have to drive her. And I go, well, what happens if you don't drive her? Then he, he goes, she'll miss her dance recital and... She won't be prepared for the upcoming, you know, event. I guess the actual recital event. And uh, I said, "Well, that's what I'm talking about." Okay. Um, you don't have to drive her. And he goes, "No, I have to." And I go, "Do you feel compelled to have to drive her?" He goes, "Well, no." And I said, well, then you're choosing to drive her. Well, he goes, well, yeah, I want to drive her. And I said, but that's not what you said. You said you have to drive her. Did she hear you? Was she listening? He goes, well, yeah, she's sitting right here. And I said, ask her how she felt when she thought you had to drive her. And she goes, well, I felt bad because I, I, I felt I was taking you away. And we were listening to this conversation, her and he and I, you know, on this phone. And she goes, well, I thought I felt bad because, you know, I thought maybe you had to drive me and you didn't really want to. And he goes, no, 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 honey, I really want to. I, I really enjoy watching you practice and dance. And you know what? Their relationship from that moment on improved a hundredfold because no longer did he say he had to do anything. He, he let her know that he was making a choice and he wanted to take her and drive her, you know. Hold on, I'm writing a note to myself. Okay. Yeah, and again, choices. When I hear people tell me that they have to do this and they have to do that, they don't have to do jack nothing. Okay? That's the reality. They don't have to do anything. But it certainly is a lot better to know that they would like to do those things. They would like to to, to you know, that he would like to take his stepdaughter to dance classes. And as he said, he would. He was very interested and happy about it. And so I'll tell you what. Life, uh, it's just very interesting. Something that I didn't know. And how something that simple and minimal can make such a big difference in our lives definitely did in my life. And when I started to recognize that I really did have control over my decision-making, um, things changed. Things started changing for the better, to be honest with you. And uh, let's see here. Okay. Beans and wieners. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, my my deal looks like it's going to go together. That's a good thing. Amen. I, busy weekend. It was a productive weekend. And oh, it's a lot of work. And i got to learn not to get that excited. People get me that excited. It just bothers me. Why do I get that excited? Well, it's because I'm frightened by something. I'm a fear of, I'm a feared. I'm a feared of change. I'm a feared of, I'm afraid 
that people don't respect me, that I, I that it, maybe I didn't do it as perfectly as I did. My intentions were there, but maybe somebody's going to catch me on a, on a technicality, and for that I'm going to lose all the time, energy, and effort that I spent in it. Yeah, that's that's all the all the above, and I got to tell you something. I got to relax on that because it is what it is. It is what it is. You just can't do everything all the time. You know what I'm saying? You can always do. You can only do what you can do. And uh, let's see. Okay. So again, I'm going to put another shout out to anybody that would like to call in and bring a topic to the floor, or maybe just let's talk about this. Talk about choices. Are you making better choices in your life? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you reflect that? Area code 323-580-5755 here on the Road to Recovery. We would love for you to call us and tell us what's happening in your life. Okay. You know, and I start making better choices, and I point out to other people that Everything about life in general is choices, right? Everything about life in general is about choices. And you got to make them. Now, when we take back power and control of our lives, recognizing, you know what, you can't create a scenario. Okay, I am powerless. That's what the first step is. I am powerless over people, places, and things. I am powerful and empowered about how I respond to things. So today, I freaked out because we had a home inspection schedule for a property that was like way out there in the boondocks, okay? Seriously, way out there in the boondocks. And... The people were driving out, the, the buyers were driving out, the home inspector was driving out, and they called me and said, hey, did you get this confirmed? And to be candid with you, I dropped the ball, assuming that my assistant was doing it, and I did not follow up on it. And lo and behold, okay, got Come on, come on, come on. There we go. All right. So, yeah, uh, I panicked, but then I, I caught myself. I mean, what was the worst thing that would happen if they got out there and nobody was there and nobody was prepared for the home inspection? You know what? I'd probably take a good reaming, okay? And I'm, I'm not going to deny that, okay? I would take a good freaking reaming. And certainly wouldn't be any fun. And to say the least, but so I got on the phone and made the calls and called my assistant and said, hey, did we do this? And she said, well, she sent out the request but didn't get the confirmation. So long, long story short, we did get confirmed, we were confirmed, people knew that our people were coming out. But, you know, for a moment there, I started to panic and started to get all worked up again because a fear set in, fear that the people would think that I was 
not a good realtor because I didn't do our homework and prepare for it. Live broadcast. Yes, there's not a lot of embarrassment here. And that's why I don't even do a live video broadcast because I don't want that to happen. By the way, I'm going to have, uh, I'm working on a couple of guests to come on the show. And I'm pretty excited about that in the future. But you know what? I get excited about them. I'll feel better when they literally do show up and, you know, make it here for the show. Because the problem is that they tell me they're going to come and then they change their mind or something comes up and such happens. You know, it's just... It's just the way life is. So I'm still working on it. I spend time meeting with people to talk to them, discuss the possibility of them coming on the air with us and bringing their stories. Everybody has a story. What is your story? What is your story, Morning Glory? What is your story, Morning Glory? Uh, one, one, nine. Yes. You know, there are days that I feel like I am so, oh, superstar, everything. And then, you know what? It's amazing how the next day I can go right into the toilet. And that's why they tell us, don't get too well. Don't get too excited. Where did I do? Yeah, cancel it. I don't want that. I don't want country. Okay, there we go. You know, they remind us in the program, don't get too well because, when we get too well, we think we're the king of the world. And then when we crash, it's killer. Crashing is it's tough on us. It's tough. It's not easy. It's not fun. It is just that, a crash. All right, it's 8.05, and I'm going to play some more Marilyn Scott because I can, and I like her. So I'm going to take another 10-minute break here. Here on the Road to Recovery, we're talking about choices, and it's my choice to do this. If you'd like to, you know, be heard, have a comment, question, call in, area code 323-580-5755. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about choices here on the Road to Recovery. We'll be back in a few minutes. Like 10 minutes. How's that? Maybe 15. Depends. I'm finally free. But You're finally free. I don't want to hear from you. That's not what I want to hear. Okay? Because I'm waiting for Marilyn Scott to be here, and unfortunately, we have to listen to a commercial, people. Commercial about Marilyn. Marilyn Scott. Why did I choose her to do this? Well, because she came with the, that song, If Today Was the Last of All Days. Would you like what you see looking down? And that's, to me, just such a cool, cool program. Okay, we're going to jump ahead here. This is like, there we go. Okay, so listen. We'll... All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back.
Thank you. 
Alan Scott. Beautiful, beautiful man. We're going to have to play that one more time. Hang on. Let's see. Let's bring it back. Okay. One second.
there, kind of jump back into real estate. I am a real estate broker and I'm negotiating contracts as we speak. Uh, I believe that we have an agreement verbally, so that's good. Now i got to get it in writing, and that's what we're working on, and some technical difficulties, and oh my gosh, i got a busy week planned for this week, too. You know, that's amazing. You know, when I was caught up... Okay, we'll do that. We know how well you do. You gotta tell me what's in that. What's in them? What's in them? Okay. Yeah, guys, you know, it'll be a lot more better and personable and professional if I have guests. Because, I, you know, when I'm by myself, you know, I'm just in my own little world here. And I uh, I allow myself some distractions, some music, 
you know, but when I have a guest, then I have to be more formal and professional. So if I knew you were out there listening, and same thing, I would uh, I would know that I have to be a little bit more formal and professional. But you know what? It's it's okay. I'm still sober. Anything I do to stay get to stay sober is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I honestly, I'm really not feeling like talking anymore tonight. So guess what? What does that mean, boys and girls? Nobody wants to talk to me? <clears throat> I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a choice to end the show early. Okay? So I'm going to remind you that we'll be back next week. I don't know if we'll have a guest. Maybe we will. If we do, I'll try to tell you about it. And then I hope they show up. But there's plenty of things for me to do tonight, work-wise. And i got to get them done. So you know what? I'm going to say goodbye. Au revoir. Arrivederci to you. And I uh, hope you have a great week. Hope your week goes as well as planned. You know, we've got a 39, 40-degree day coming up tomorrow. I'm excited about that. We have had just like the killer best winter so far here in Chicago. And only a very few days of of that really bad, rigid cold. It's not like we've had in the past, you know. So it's been great. So have a great week, folks. Unless you have other plans, you know, make it a point to go say hi to somebody you don't know. You know, make a friend. See, reach out to them. See if they can use some help. And I will be back next week here on Block Talk Radio, part of the Link Local Network of Broadcast, with more uh, if I'm sober. If I make it another week, that would be great. Okay? Good night, everyone.